Section 9. The Tao of Daos. A quote from Vitalik Buterin. Whereas most technologies tend to automate workers on the periphery doing menial tasks, blockchains automate away the center. Instead of putting the taxi driver out of a job, blockchain puts Uber out of a job and lets the taxi drivers work with the customer directly. We talked about decentralized autonomous organizations a bit earlier in the regulatory section, but didn't give them their proper due. They really need a full chapter. Let's correct that and close with a bang. Because DAOs are one of the most important constructs in crypto, they will change every aspect of the economy, politics, and probably even your social life in the years ahead. If 2020 was about DeFi and 2021 was about NFTs, 2022 will be the year of the DAO. So maybe we should start by answering, what even is a DAO? I once described them over dinner to a skeptic as a governance structure that manages a community treasury. Not bad, given I just blurted it out over herring. More specifically, DAOs are fluid online communities whose assets are managed by the community's contributors. The organizing primitive of a DAO is code committed to a public ledger versus articles filed in Delaware, and the blockchain guarantees user accessibility, transparency, and exit rights via forks. A DAO's token determines voting power, allocates funds according to group priorities, incentivizes participation, and punishes antisocial actions. I also like the simple definition proposed by the Bankless guys. Digital native communities that center around a shared mission, where the communities are bottom-up, flexible, and loosely organized. They have a shared mission and protocol on the blockchain, internal capital, and enforceable social norms, and they can be used to manage just about anything, an open source library, an NFT collection, a social club, a news feed, pooled labor, etc. Orcas Julia Rosenberg and Maria Gomez tried to formalize the definition too. They wrote that DAOs are, one, open source and blockchain-based, two, open membership, three, groups of independent parties that, four, use a token to govern a protocol, and five, allocate internal capital with the goals of, six, automating a marketplace or function, seven, preventing collusion, and eight, incentivizing bottoms-up community participation. As you can see, we're still sounding things out. Even more attempts here. How we talk about them will change in the coming years, but however they're defined, they're going to be big. Section 9.1, Enabling Tools, Wallets, and Staking. What if the past 18 months was really just the necessary precursor and installation phase of the real megatrend, the reorganization of society around token-governed communities? If that were the case, you'd probably need tools that help you manage tokens securely and swap them peer-to-peer, DeFi. You'd want better ways to build and selectively share pieces of your personal identity, NFTs, and you'd want assurances that you could navigate frictionlessly across communities regardless of which tech stacks they used. L1, L2 bridges. Ta-da! Here we are. The backbone of the Web3 economy and the wild world of DAOs are your personal wallets, which are sort of like your personal data vaults. Whether it's MetaMask or Coinbase on Ethereum, Phantom on Solana, Terra Station on Terra, or something else, these tokens within these vaults unlock your access to the crypto realm and will only become more important in the years to come. In five years, people might look at the current wallet landscape and sneer at how primitive we were. But some solutions, e.g. Zapper and Zerion, show how we're getting closer to a time when our wallets can double as universal identifiers and data managers. 
joining a new social application, point and click which avatars you'd like to wear in the new club. Betting on a match? Use real money or keep score with your friend group's social credit. Opt in, none of that CCP shit. Applying to a new job? Selectively share the badges that correspond to your skills and accumulated reputation. All of that is going to need a front end. And the crypto wallets getting built today will be as integral to your life's operating system as your cell phone. Section 9.2. Down the rabbit hole. Learning and earning. Rabbit hole is at the forefront of one of the most exciting trends in crypto. Learn to earn. The crypto economy is booming. User minds are melting from the pace of development, and one of the scariest resources of all is attention and genuine user participation. Rabbit Hole offers quests that help users test new products and earn token treasury rewards. It's a win-win-win for all. Token teams use their treasuries, which are liquid capital resources designed to be allocated for growth, to fund customer acquisition costs. Rabbit Hole gets a cut for developing the user journey, and users win at incredible scale. The company estimated its users earned $175 million in aggregate from a single quest, registering an ENS domain. That's one way to get attention. Even if the mega airdrops are unsustainable in size, they're likely in their infancy in practice. DAOs have a lot of money, lots of it, and want users. And we know how lucrative this market can be for those willing to make the market. Coinbase Earn is doing 60 plus million annualized in revenue in what is arguably the most underutilized part of its business. The Learn to Earn plays will be easy to integrate into the Web3 wallets and hosted wallets alike. They're user education initiatives that pay for themselves in the form of more crypto natives and thus more long-term holders. Every single blockchain may have a rabbit hole too. This world is just too big and the community too religious for this to be winner-take-all, and I expect that Quest developers will end up being a lucrative occupation within DAO communities. If you're in college, I'd encourage you to spend the spring semester, maybe redeploy your book budget into ETH gas fees, learning and testing different crypto protocols on Earn, Rabbit Hole, and other places. Best case scenario, you hit the lotto on a few more airdrops. Worst case, you flunk out and you'll get hired on the spot by a crypto company once you show them your DGEN score and NFT merit badge library. Seriously, we get apps with DGEN scores and we like it. Much like Twitter is better than LinkedIn for networking, Learn to Earn is going to slowly replace credentials and largely gamify and invert the education funding model. Section 9.3. Working in Web3. After learning a bit about a project, you might want to start diving in and contributing a little on the side. That gig work could be spread out across projects or a precursor to a full-time offer from a DAO or one of its related companies. Part-time responsibilities span DevOps, research, governance, data science, and more. Both the centralized and decentralized communities are also hiring for full-time roles at a rapid clip. But more than anything, DAOs may present one of the most lucrative ways to build a portable reputation that will persist across projects. Chris Dixon compares DAO membership favorably to other historical analogs, saying, Like Venice did for early modern Europe, Web3 is redefining how global talent pools their knowledge and work together. And like the homebrew computer club in the 1970s, communities of smart, passionate hobbyists are gathering in forums to tinker with a new set of primitives to build groundbreaking products and experiences. Those communities are being organized today via DAOs, the Web3 Group Coordination Primitive. 
What's wild about the Web3 ecosystem, though, is its global accessibility. You don't need to be born in the right city or earn admittance to the right computer science program. The bottoms-up model and opt-in membership of DAOs invert the talent sourcing model. You can join a Discord server with one click. You can earn bounties and display your proof-of-work-to-earn reputation points with the community's decentralized HR, Community Vouches. You can apply for grants or submit proposals for full-time employment directly to the DAO membership. It will be very rare for people to effectively work for multiple DAOs at the same time unless it's a very narrow specialist role, e.g. creating data dashboards or other research reports, or back office function. For most DAOs, Hollywood will be the model. The DAO production companies provide financing, project direction, and assemble the teams. Those teams sprints on gigs, develops their personal bona fides, then disassemble and move on to the next. The big DAOs will be sticky employers, but most DAOs, including sub-DAOs to the bigger DAOs, will be more fluid. The key difference in the Web3 Hollywood model is that each contributor, no matter how small, can retain royalties tied to the product's ongoing success. The challenge we'll have in the West is understanding whether this is accelerating offshoring and farming out white-collar work to the lowest-cost bidder. Will DAOs worsen the poor labor dynamics that already plague other marketplace providers in the gig economy? There's arguably much more upside than downside. Early contributors will at least share in the upside of the platforms they help bootstrap, even if those platforms drive variable labor costs. Either way, Web3 token incentives are something that can't be uninvented. You'll work for a DAO someday. Might as well get started now while the alpha is highest. Section 9.4 Hierarchies, Pods, and Fluid Organisms If you join a DAO, one of the first things you'll notice is that there's a new CEO in town, the connective tissue of most DAOs, the Chief Community Officer. These are people who seize the memes of production and command decentralized armies of hopefully net promoters. In the formative days of a project, they can usher newcomers to the right resources, set the tone and culture of a Discord server, and help curate early internal and external messaging. That should bring a few questions to mind. How do we balance between choosing new benevolent dictators and maintaining decentralized decision-making? Mario has some ideas. His canon of token governance research is a must-read. How do we solve some of the challenges of coin voting and voter apathy or collusion? Vitalik would like a word. Crypto communities have caught on pretty quickly to the fact that decision-making in DAOs needs to be stratified very similarly to <gasps> traditional companies. Governance accountability, community HR, user and contributor engagement and communications, etc. are all significant but surmountable challenges. Jai from Rari Capital has a good playbook. He suggests breaking roles into bubbles, which allows for sub-DAOs and discrete fluid teams, something that Yearn pioneered and currently uses. I think this is the right framing, and it also pushes organizations to scale via written documentation. We'll need to see 100x improvements in information flow and decision support tools. You can govern a global DAO or a sub-DAO with NFTs or social currencies more easily than you might a global corporation. Anyone who's remote first and international knows what a nightmare it is to set up this infrastructure. But that doesn't change the fact that without delegated functions, progress in a DAO can move to a standstill when every micro-decision turns into a proxy vote.
Orca Protocol is working on one of the cooler implementations I've seen. They leverage NFTs as access tokens to give memberships to a pod some discrete responsibilities and DAO treasury rights. It's really as simple as electing subcommittees and holding them accountable for results on a periodic basis. The oversight responsibility falls on the collective, though, and the only thing that separates good governance from bad governance in that model is good information, performance analytics, and voter incentives to overcome apathy. The critique is that our early DAOs actually aren't that diverse. By design, they reward the early adopters and in-crowd first. That they formalize what we already know about governance. Those with the money make the rules. Those are fair, but short-term concerns. The upgrade from today's global plutocracy is that DAO contributors and users can earn liquid political capital and delegated authority with breathtaking speed, and they can do so pseudonymously. But this is also where taxes are collected, benefits offered, and state compliance enforced. It wouldn't surprise me to see some jurisdiction make it illegal to work for an unregistered DAO as a result. Then again, other jurisdictions will likely invite DAO workers with unique tax codes that account for the difficulty in extracting tax without employer and banking oversight. It's so early in the token-governed world experiment that it almost makes my head explode. This is where Masari will be spending most of its resources going forward. Section 9.5 DAO Treasury Management DeFi's current bull market is one of the top wealth-generating events in crypto's short history. Any institution or individual with responsible exposure to the sector watched as their net worth slash balance sheet spiked 5, 10, 50-fold or more in the past 18 months. Some of the top DeFi protocols themselves are now sitting on hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollar in value, mostly in their native tokens. To the most active DAOs, Uniswap at $4 billion and Compound at $1 billion sit on particularly large reserves. You might look at the number and think DeFi protocols are financially set for life, but a deeper look into the composition of each treasury suggests the opposite. The vast majority of the value in these token treasuries is coming from the reflexive belief that the market will always absorb the new supply. That may happen in bull markets, but things can unwind sharply when volumes subside. In fact, that's exactly what happened during May's market crash. Still, top project treasuries haven't diversified much. During black swan events, protocol treasuries are at the mercy of the market. Even some of the best projects that relied on these reserves in the 2018-2019 bear market struggled to survive. That's before you consider the idiosyncratic risk of each specific asset. Smart contract failures, hacks, oracle deficiencies, and coding errors can tank a token's price even before the DAO considers remedies that might make whole impacted users. It can create a vicious downward spiral if the treasury isn't managed properly. Other investors have picked up on this as well, yet despite the widely expressed need for better treasury diversification in top projects, most DAOs remain actionless. There are a few reasons for this. Developer naivete or overconfidence, the desire to avoid giving communities the impression a large token holder is dumping assets, regulatory challenges, etc. But in many cases, it simply comes down to a lack of visibility and decision-making tools. 
Data sources like DeepDAO are doing a good job tracking project treasuries, but don't provide the full context that an elementary portfolio management tool could provide. Giving communities better treasury analytics could greatly improve their governance decision-making process. It's not just about token treasury management best practices. It's also about the lack of professional treasury managers. The entrance of Finance Bros, real financial managers for DAOs, presents a big market opportunity and would help protocols diversify intelligently to ensure they are well capitalized under all sorts of market environments. Unfortunately, you won't like the first recommendation most treasury managers would make today. Start selling. A Q1 blow-off top doesn't do a DAO any good if the asset nukes 90% mere months later. Section 9.6 DAO Investor Relations I kicked off the last chapter writing about how wild it was that anyone could create something that looked like ETH's Q3 10-Q. Investor relations are a critical part of healthy financial markets. In crypto, the importance of high-quality information is dialed up to 11 since community relations impacts how a DAO communicates with investors, liquid partners, technical counterparties, core contributors, users, and other net promoters. Strong, transparent financial disclosures are the backbone of good corporate governance, but they're constrained by quarterly accounting cycles, limiting the flow of information to only a few times a year. Blockchains and DAOs offer a near-infinite improvement to quarterly reporting, as information is open to inspection at all times and processing speed is limited only by block propagation times. The open and permissionless nature of blockchains has led to a monumental shift that redefines the relationship between protocols and their investors. In this world, financial data is transparent, widely available, and accessible at all times. Protocol stakeholders are capable of tracking the financial health of the assets they hold in real time, and information curators like Masari can curate updates over an arbitrary timescale via a decentralized community of developers, researchers, and data scientists. Token Terminal Fundamental Data, The Graph, OnChain Data, Nansen, FundFlows, Dune Analytics, Aggregated Metrics, DeFi Llama, TVL, and Masari market data, and off-chain events are now essential tools that help users gain a complete understanding of protocol-level performance. In the hands of a globally decentralized analyst community, the combination of these data sources provides remarkable results. Take Compound, for instance. Our quarterly report provides a glimpse into the future of financial reporting. A single analyst and data scientist were able to team up to produce a summary of comp's protocol-level lending and borrowing activity over the previous quarter, both at the macro and micro level, as well as off-chain events pertaining to community governance and the project's technical roadmap. This sort of reporting might continue to follow a familiar quarterly, monthly, or weekly cadence, but the data is real-time and available for anyone to explore and combine. While there is still much work to be done, the building blocks needed to establish the foundation of a new and improved financial reporting system are finally here. If executed well, crypto financial statements will look much different from their legacy counterparts. Instead of impatiently waiting for quarterly earnings reports, protocol statements will be dynamic documents powered by live feeds of data streaming directly from the blockchain. All the pieces are ready to be assembled. Now it's time to build. Section 9.7 Masari, tying it all together. 
What happens when you bring together learn and earn onboarding incentives, marketing, a vibrant contributor marketplace, HR, improved treasury management and delegation tools, finance and ops, and project reporting slash community relations management? You've got the full stack of solutions needed to build replacements to existing governance constructs in politics, corporations, and the social fabric of society itself. I'm so ecstatic to share our vision for Masari in 2022. We're building a... Have you checked out Masari Pro? Start your seven-day free trial today. With your Pro membership, you gain access to our industry-leading research and Pro data tools. Use code theses underscore 2022 for 15% off. Again, that's theses underscore 2022. Section 9.8, Legal Framework for DAOs. There are generally three things a government does to dissuade you from doing something it doesn't want you to do. Tax you, fine you, or expose you to huge personal liability, or cut off your banking services. One of the things that is going to be a real bitch to figure out is how DAOs actually work in the real world from a tax, contract law, and compliance standpoint. On paper, DAOs are actually pretty good at eliminating the banking services concern given the entity itself is a shared bank account. They're not bad at addressing the personal liability concern either. If you're cool with working anonymously and staying off the grid and you're confident that the rest of your compatriots in the DAO will do the same and feel comfortable taking on the group's liability risks if anything goes wrong. But they are really bad if you think you can join as a member, report your taxes from the DAO, and somehow not tip off the government that you're working with slash for an unincorporated partnership. Rolling the dice a bit, aren't you? For most normal people, fixing the contributor liability issues and bringing DAOs and their communities into global and local tax, banking, and employment compliance is going to be important. A16Z has some good proposals for how to create legal DAO entities as unincorporated nonprofit associations that have flexible, siloed substructures. Lexnode echoed some of the same ideas, and Wyoming took the national lead on this already with its recognition of DAOs as a type of LLC. Fun fact, Wyoming was the first state to recognize the actual LLC in 1977. It took 11 years for the IRS to recognize the status as well. This is also going to be a requirement for most DAO-to-DAO or DAO-to-business contract work as well. Given how aggressive this administration has been so far towards crypto, I'd expect them to take a similar hardline approach towards unincorporated DAOs as well. So registering in the U.S. won't be about meeting reporting requirements, paying individual taxes, and filing disclosures, but opening up core token holding individual developers to liability in the event the authorities rule that these are general partnerships that issued unregistered securities. I don't blame teams for moving outside of the U.S., Section 9.9, the new capital allocators. I spent a bit of time talking about creator DAOs and social clubs in the section on NFTs, so I'll gloss over them here and instead spend the last two sections of this report focused on two particularly transformative types of DAOs, venture DAOs and curation DAOs. On venture DAOs, the only constraint on the growth will be legal and regulatory in nature. The original this token is definitely a security memo was the DAO itself. The demand in that original community investment vehicle proved how much demand there was, even then, for community investment vehicles accessible beyond the gated community of accredited investor land. Since then, there have been efforts to iterate on the venture DAO model and make it, well, legal. 
MetaCartel socialized the token investment process and offered a vehicle that paved the way for fluid GP incentives. More work equals more rewards. The group can invest in anything that might be tokenized. Cryptos, companies, NFTs, other DAOs, virtual real estate licenses, you name it. It's a sort of flexibility and speculation that simply doesn't exist in the real world and probably cannot exist in the U.S. without upgrades to our century-old securities laws. If you look at how insular the crypto community is, it's almost certainly the future too. Founders invest in other founders for strategic reasons, goodwill and aligned interests on partnerships, keeping up on emerging trends, stay top of mind for other emerging projects, etc. Today, VCs are investing in DAOs, or DAOs of DAOs, or registering as investment advisors in order to remove the SEC shackles that prevent VCs from going full crypto. The late-stage investors are coming to Series A. The early-stage investors are moving to permanent capital vehicles. It's almost like the smart money knows that the capital markets are dynamic and evolving rapidly. Venture DAOs are already hot, and barring a global regulatory setback, I'd bet that one of the most active and largest assets under management VCs is a DAO by 2025. We've started to see DAO M&A pick up steam too. The next frontier would be the acquisition of a Web2 company to a Web3 company. Section 9.10. The New Information Curators. Jesse Walden of Variant said, The internet built Wikipedia with no economic incentive. Don't underestimate what the internet can build as DAOs. If you've been following me and Masari for a while, you know I'm bullish on token-powered information curation. The V1 token-curated registry primitive had some flaws, but in general, curation markets could replace centralized ad-driven algorithms, improve credentialing and social signaling, reduce low-volume redundant work, and crowdfund high-value unique work in information services. Let's start with the most important premise. Curation markets can create incentives to crowdsource quality for mission-aligned community. Quality is very subjective, you say, and that is true. People seem to really enjoy the dopamine or cortisol hits they get from their current media consumption habits, which is why we have these sugary, low-nutrient sources of information in the first place. But there's three things Web3 does a little differently that alter this. Number one, it creates incentives for portable, open, user-generated data. Breaking the Web 2.0 company's data silos will open up a universe of possibilities. Number two. It allows you to reflect on what you want to curate at any given time. Hey, Facebook, make me happy. Make me nostalgic. Inspire me. Inform me. Show me the conspiracy theories and all of the facts of this case. 3. DAOs will allow you to align with a tribe or an individual signal booster and build a curated information market around that entity. That opens up the possibilities for alternatives to Google search that look less like page rank and more like a custom feed or to toggle information filters based on your mood, or get paid to be a bullish caller-outer in the post-truth media establishment. Substack has already monetized the intellectual dark web's long-form content. What's next? Some of the projects in content creation that I'm excited about are PubDAO, which aims to build a decentralized associated press. You don't need hundreds of versions of the same basic news story. There's Masari's Hub, an analyst DAO for decentralized token research. BanklessDAO is doing some pioneering work crowdsourcing various channels and verticalizing crypto coverage across its community, art, DeFi, DAOs. 
as we touched on earlier, we're starting to see more experiments in how long-form content is funded via Mirror. When it comes to quantifiable data sources, the prospects are equally exciting. The graph turned a token-curated model into a multi-billion dollar decentralized blockchain data indexing platform. For token metrics, there's Metrics DAO by Flipside, and I'm sure we'll see Dune DAO soon. Projects like Index Co-op have made it possible for curators and information providers to leverage their curative strengths and communities to propose low-lift discretionary indices that power new synthetic instruments. These are things that simply aren't possible in regulated financial markets, or if they are, take years and millions of dollars to effectively produce. Outside of crypto, Biology has been thinking about content creation bounties beyond crypto as well, proposing a competition to create a crowdsourced inflation dashboard. I wrote in 2017 when we unveiled Masari to the world that the Bloomberg of crypto wouldn't be a company but a network. As an industry, we finally got the tools to make that a reality.